attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another fun week of Adam and Dana and friends talking all things Disney, Disney World, Disneyland. Disney Alani, Disney, Disney in your dreams, Disney in your nightmares, whatever it might be. I don't know. I really got it. We need like we need some like we need, we need some boilerplate at the top of this thing because we every really week I'm, do. Running, I'm running out of ways to get creative with the hello. But hi, <laughs> hi, hi, Adam, and welcome, Chris Swindle, to the podcast. You guys, we have a really exciting episode today. We have a prolific voice actor based here in Los Angeles visiting the podcast. Chris, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Chris. So uh, just a quick overview, guys. Chris is incredible, and he has such an awesome story uh, and a great background in voiceover. But a lot of his work kind of started with Disney and Disneyland and Disney World. But before all of that, right now, Chris is lending his voice to characters in animated TV series and video games, and he does scratch vocals for celebrities in TV shows and movies. Uh, He also has portrayed characters in anime series like Boruto, as well as Dino Girl, Gaioko? Gaioko? I don't even know how to say it. Geico, Geico, not Geico. Is it Geico, like the car insurance insurance company? Fun. It's spelled differently. I think think so. I could be wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, Dino Girl Geico. Um, you've also lended your voice for video games like Kingdom Hearts 3. And most recently, you've portrayed two recurring Monsters characters in Disney Plus's new series, Monsters at Work. Yes. But of course, before all of that, you were one of the very first crushes in Turtle Talk with Crush, both at Epcot and then later at California Adventure. We are so excited to have you here today, Chris, to share your Disney stories, your Disney journey. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Chris, you should haul Dana around to like intro you everywhere you go at this point. Like that's, <laughs> that was, that's that a was, pretty good one. It was pretty fantastic. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Check is we'll in the mail. We'll just get a recording of it and you can just play it for anybody who asks, do I know that voice? And you'd be like, here you go. I'm going to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Chris, tell us a little bit about how you found yourself working for Disneyland those years and years ago. I know well before you got into the voiceover scene, this was one of your kind of first big jobs. I I don't know if you'd call it in the entertainment industry, but definitely in a theme park. So tell us, how'd you get the job over at Disneyland? Well, it's 2002 and I hired in. um, Initially, I wanted to work in Innoventions. Because Innoventions paid a little bit more uh, in that position because the it was sponsored by all those big companies like Honda, Intel, and HP. And so there was a, you know, the, the hourly rate was a little better and I wanted to be, you know, one of the performers. So when I got there, I started working at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln on Main Street because there, there wasn't any auditioning, uh, auditions happening. So, uh-huh. and that was, I mean, that was a fantastic job itself. Just, you know, it was an honor to talk about Walt's office and then doing the spiel about, you know, Lincoln and everything. Uh, and then I auditioned to get in Innoventions. They had this great attraction at the time. They were experimenting with this new technology. And it was the Stitch, the Stitch phone booth. It was a, it was a picture booth. Um, well, hold okay. on. Should we tell people what Innovations was? Well, I mean, if yeah. you guys don't remember it, Innoventions is kind of, it doesn't exist now. But over at Disneyland and Tomorrowland, there used to be the Carousel of Progress, which later was moved to Disney World. Yeah. And it's a two or three story building that slowly rotates. Um right. Right, yeah, yeah it slowly rotates, and and so at one point they had another show called America Sings, which I definitely know we talked about on this podcast. It sounds like a disaster, <laughs> and I really wanted to see it. It was fantastic, uh, and- <laughs> but it's why we have Splash Mountain now, so it's all exactly, good. exactly, very true. But then later, I think it was sometime in the '90s, they switched us all over to Innoventions, which was like futuristic, like. 
I don't know, you, Chris, you probably can explain it better, but like kind of yeah. like futuristic dioramas of how you could live or drive a car or um, just kind of go about. It was like House of Tom- Tomorrow or was, House of the Future yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and we had like, you know, five different shows that we would do that would that was on the ring that would, you know, go around. And as performers, we'd come on and one of them was the the home the house and you can talk about futuristic things and in that or in the office or uh i remember there was the transportation zone where we showed off the segway the segway was was a popular <laughs> thing at the time we showed off so revolutionary yeah oh gosh yeah you know to think of it that now. thing <laughs> that thing is like i do you remember when like wasn't it like tourism boards used to buy them and like you could go on like tours of cities yes. in your Segway? yes and like I I, still th- can. there's probably not enough insurance policies in the world to cover like, <laughs> right. tourists on segways trying to like roam around but now like you've seen the new thing have you seen the new motorized thing that like maybe this is like in new york i swear you're gonna get i'm gonna get mowed down on the sidewalk by one of these so these guys right they're like skateboards sort of with a wheel in the middle in the middle yes oh yeah and they just fly down the street in these things i'm like oh no no this is like the new segue but worse yeah exactly you know it annoys me it annoys me initially but then when they blow by me i'm like oh yeah i want one of those i want one of those (laughs) (laughs) you know because it is kind of cool um, anyway, sorry. No, <laughs> my brain just went there, but that's that's where Adam's brain goes some days. Anyway, so well, if Interventions was still around, they probably would be showing that weird skateboard thing, but it's not. So, so anyhow, Chris, yeah. so you're you're doing these presentations at Interventions, yeah, and they wanted to try out this new technology where uh, a guest could have an in like a real time experience with an animated character, and it was like a a really cool booth set up it was themed like you're in hawaii and you go in and it's a picture phone it's just a large screen in front of you and about five or six people could fit inside this booth now sometimes you know a group of kids would come in it would be more than five or six but uh you know the screen comes on and it's an animated stitch and he's in hawaii and uh, he goes up and down the tree a little coconut tree and um it was the beginnings of uh, the technology that that eventually became the Crush Show. It was really cool. It was a, it was more intimate though. Were they like were they thinking about how to expand on this? Like this was kind of the like yeah. okay, this one's easier to make. This will be our trial, and then we're gonna yeah. build off of this. Was that Ex- the plan? Exa- I think so, and I can't be for sure, but I think so. And and that's where it it came from. Uh, and it was it was one of the best experiences in the building. It became like it wasn't really advertised. And then word of mouth got out and man, that line got long to come in because you had the experience. It was just a few minutes and you talk back and forth. And then at the end, the coolest part was there was a camera that was in the booth that, you know, obviously we could see uh, as the performers backstage, we could see the guests. Um, there was a camera in it that at the end, Stitch would say, you know, get together, smile and Stitch would bring out this huge animated camera and there'd be this big flash that would go off, takes your picture, and then he shows it to you instantly on the screen. And then when you leave the experience, you get like this little printout thing that was a code to get your uh, your photo when you got home. So oh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Super revolutionary for 2002. It was. Like that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. It was. What was your role within this? Playing Stitch backstage. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was the coolest coolest experience. Um especially when <laughs> th- some of the you know we would get kids that would come in that were really kind of in their own space uh whether they they might have autism or or something else they would come in and you could tell that the parents were used to kind of running the show and, and speaking for them but when they came into our experience, they would light up and they would just mm. immediately start interacting with us. And there were so many times that the parent would just basically back up slowly and they would well up in tears and they would, they would just stand there and watch their kid interact with this cartoon character that maybe they normally, they don't do very much um, at home. So it was really special. It was very cool. So did you 
actually have to do the stitch voice? Oh, yes. Or was there like, oh, yes. <laughs> I did it all day, every day. Yes, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we got crazy <laughs> sometimes, okay? <laughs> Adam, okay, are you freaking I'm, out right now? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm done. My day's done. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know we were interviewing Stitch today, did you? <laughs> so, Stitch, what did you think about your attraction uh, at Walt Disney World, oh, your oh, great God. escape? <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was bad. And if they had a stinky thing that come in and stink real bad. Stitch no like that. No. <laughs> Thank you, Stitch. Was, I agree wholeheartedly. No, no, no. It was, it's, Dana knows it's one of my all-time favorite attractions, and I'm so sad it's gone, because it was just such a thing. Oh, it was I, fantastic. I was, I, I, I agree with you. Every time, if I had time and I was at the Magic Kingdom, I would do that. Because Thank you. <laughs> It brought me such joy, and I, I would know. and I would bring other people with me. No, no, really, we have to do this. Chris, you are you are something broken in both language. of you. You are speaking my language to the point where I like it, Dana and I were talking about it on one episode, and I was just like going on and on about how I loved it. Like it's so bad, but so good, and I loved every minute of it. That I found a, a stitch tank top to wear when we finally went back to Disneyland. Nice. Um, a few months ago, just to um, add that in there. But okay, so you did the voice. Yeah. What was that? I mean, because Disney, we all know, like they're very particular about voices yeah. and like, like a lot of you know, we've talked to some people who have been other face characters and stuff like that, and like, yeah, you have to be really careful on this because they don't want to like lose the magic and have some kid be like, that's not what Stitch sounds like or it's, something. So, yeah. what was that like? audition process, like training process? Like, did they strap you to a chair, hold your eyes open and force you to watch Lilo and Stitch on repeat until it was like, ingrained <laughs> in you? Or like, yeah. yeah, like how did that work? Yeah, you know, at the time, like you said, and it, there was a lot of integrity involved in it too. Um, not just sounding like the characters like Stitch and Crush. Also what you were saying, you know, and you're improvising for a few minutes at a time. And, but it's just like the face characters. There's like, you you know, there's such a, I, I'm not sure a lot of people appreciate. <laughs> that's not easy all the time. Um, but if you get a good performer in there, well, I think with good integrity, you, you know, you do your best. But yeah, there was an intricate um, audition process. And we had to go through, I think Disney character voices came in for a while and worked with us. And um yeah, that went on, and you had to get signed off. You try out certain things, um, and that's the most important thing about that was how much effort went into that kind of thing, prepping it before it, you know, mm -hmm. the the guests heard it or saw it. And if you needed to pull back at some point and maybe do a little retraining, do you know, that's that's okay too, um, because it's a big deal. This was the first time. One of the first times that a classic character was speaking to a guest in real time. There's no script, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I mean, there's a little, there's set little things that we should do when we start the show end the show. But this was the first time that we were like open mic <laughs> as a Disney character <laughs> that, you know, so yeah, they, they spent a lot of time with um, quality control on that. So. That makes sense. Yeah. So were you, after you'd done this for a little bit of time, when did Crush kind of enter the scene while you're over at Innoventions doing Stitch? Yeah, they wanted to experiment with the technology, make it go bigger. And so I was invited to go to, um, to the Imagineer studio out in Glendale, and we workshopped this thing. And it was so much fun. And they had already been working on the tech and so, the, and they had a big screen in a big open room and, uh, there were two performers. It was myself and, and, uh, and, and another guy. And, uh, we workshopped with them for a couple of weeks. We kind of worked on the script that was going to go to Florida. And, uh, and then we had some test groups come in, some kids and, the, and their parents come in and, and we tried out different things. How long should the show be? What works? What doesn't? 
um, setting up the camera angles in the room, how we can try to see everybody in a, in a certain space. I remember they were kind of anticipating the size of space that they would have in Florida. So they had tape on the ground to guide it. So, so try to keep, you know, the kids in this area so we can control it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we workshopped it for a couple of weeks and that's how it kind of started. I mean, that's such a unique experience in itself. You got to work alongside Imagineers yeah. and and be in their zone and help them, you know, make this ride or this attraction yeah. operate, which is so cool. Yeah, it was an it was it was an honor. The whole thing was such an honor and um, so much fun. So the <clears throat> tech behind this, right? Like, yeah. you're you talked about the camera, so you could see everybody yeah. in the room and like interact with folks in the room. Yeah, but like, were you controlling Crush's movements? Were you, or were you just yeah. like at a mic chatting back and forth? Like, how did that work? Oh no, it is it is amazing. Uh, now at the time, I don't know if it's changed since then, but at the time, it, you were you were doing everything. You know, you've got your mic, you've got your headset, and then you're looking through the monitors. But with your hands, you're holding a, a controller, um, much like an Xbox game controller. And so, yeah, you're doing all of the head movements, the eyes, the all that kind of stuff. Um, and there would be some what they called canned animations that were pre-done. Little things. You know, if he does like a major animation. Like when he swims back over the rock and he gets like a uh, the bathing suit or one of the gags that was pre-done and we would you know initiate that but it was all manual it was all manual was it was it like virtual puppeteering exactly that's I was just gonna say that's what we called it virtual puppeteering yeah. that's so cool that, yeah, yeah that's so crazy were you ever can you explain to us like maybe. Taking it a step back, let's give a very brief explanation of what the heck this attraction is in case people need a refresher. But, yeah. you know, th and this exists both at California Adventure and Epcot now. Right. And the attraction, Turtle Talk with Crush, is a, like, sit-down, 10, 15-minute little show. It's geared towards children, where children can ask Crush, who is seen via a screen, but it's supposed to look like a kind of a fish tank window like an aquarium window uh they can ask him any questions they have so they raise their hands and crush himself calls on those kids and he calls them specifically saying like hey you the, the kid with the you know black shell and meeting a black baseball cap on his head you know so they the it's really cool because you see crush really truly interacting with the kids it doesn't feel like you're just sitting there watching a recording um and they you know Presumably, as we're learning, there is an actor who is able to visualize the kids and call on them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's amazing. The, and the, the tech that they developed and the design for this is, is so cool. Um, but talking about the kids, you know, interacting with the kids, what's so interesting is the kids were always just like, yeah, this is totally normal. And they were so in i mean they're like like they're so into it they love it it's the parents and the adults in the back of the room they're like what is happening right now the kids are like oh yeah i'm just talking to my favorite character on the screen this is awesome the parents are like they're like can they can they see me can they see me right now? i don't understand well, you know just flipping well, out Let's be honest. These are parents at Epcot, so they're probably a few beers or cocktails down by the time they've made it over to <laughs> Turtle Talk with Crush, dragging the kids around all day. So <laughs> they're like mind blown. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah. talking. Oh yeah. I mean, I still think we just saw it in 2020 in 2022, yeah. and we were so impressed with it now, and we know Good. enough about the technology, but we're still like, wow, this thing is really incredible. Yeah, and. For the record, we saw it like 10 a.m., so we were sober. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> so uh -huh. she's like, I saw, that, I saw no that coffee. I saw that coffee whiskey cocktail. Oh man, you guys, it was so good. <laughs> that was at 10 05. Uh, sure, it was. Uh huh. Uh huh. Chris, explain yeah. to us about how you select the children uh, when they have their questions. You know, it's different every time. It's really different every time. Um, we all look for different things. Um, either, I have to admit, you know, there's always a part of me that I'm looking for the kid that's kind of like 
you could tell really wants to talk to you, but is a little shy. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's someone around them that's just really raising their hand and kind of overpowering that kid. You know, the kids, the, you could tell the kid really wants to talk to you. Um, or you or you do, you look for the ones that might be, you know, verbal, uh, like really enthusiastic about it. It just depends. It, it depended on, you know, each show was different. So, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah. And the technology for it. Are you able to like really see these kids, you know, when you're behind that screen? It's amazing. So... That was the the best part for me that just blew my mind was was the touchscreen because you can yes we can see we can see in the audience and you could literally touch uh, a face on the screen and the cameras would zoom, zoom in on that person whoa and, and that's why we can you know we can read like oh what's what's on their shirt or whatever and that's what you know blows the adults away. Um, but yeah, that was the coolest thing about it was we can, we can see all the different angles and, and stuff. So, well, and we're talking 2004, 2005 that you're doing this. Like yeah. I yeah, had that's a razor what, phone at that's that point. That's blowing the, my mind. Like, yeah. Touchscreen wasn't readily available <laughs> to right. us yet. <laughs> so how often did the so, tech go down now that we're like, because like, cra- this is crazy futuristic stuff that like doesn't exist. Right. So, right. Did it go down a lot? You know, I don't remember it going down a lot. Uh, we might get a glitch here and there. Well, the most I remember is every once in a while if he might freeze. And again, this was a long time ago, and they were, and this was an amazing tech that, like you said, they're starting. So it would be hilarious if he froze, like he's in the tank and he's swimming up, and then all of a sudden he stops, but his <laughs> eyes would still work and his mouth would still work. So it'd be like, oh, dude, dude. Sorry, I'm just hanging out, you know, just, just, <laughs> he's just stuck there. Be right with you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he would unfreeze. Uh, but, uh, oh no. Oh yeah. But uh, there wasn't a whole lot that I remember that, that went wrong as far as that goes. Um, so, so you, you got this thing through development out here in California and they decided yeah. to open it. Correct me if I'm wrong. They decided to open it in Florida first, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so talk us about talk to us about that. Like, it's they're like, okay, we're gonna do this. This thing's gonna open. Yeah, and they had a short amount of time because they don't they'd already started building, you know, building it. Um, I got the job. Uh, they, you know, they asked me if I wanted to come out and and uh, help them open it since I was doing the test shows. I was like, yeah. And uh, it happened pretty fast. I had like four and a half, five days after I took the offer to get there. So I uh, packed whatever I could in my car, basically, and drove cross country. (laughs) Oh, man. And started, just started. uh, Okay, please tell me this was your choice to drive cross country and that Disney wasn't like, "Eh, you know, we're not going to spring for the plane ticket today. (laughs) No, it was was totally my choice because I wanted to take my car with me. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. No, my choice. My I was a choice. little worried for. I was worried for a second. <laughs> oh, we started training right away. So, so yeah, it was uh, it was an adventure. And when I got there, like I said, since we started right away, I didn't have a chance to look for an apartment. So I stayed at a Days Inn, I think, for like two weeks until oh, I had no. time to actually go out and look for an apartment. <laughs> Wait, they, okay. So here, they, they get you to move all the way to Florida. This is like things that don't make sense in my head. They get you to move all the way to Florida. Yep. They couldn't find your room at like Art of Animation or Pop Century or like <laughs> somewhere like that to like stash you for a few weeks till you got yourself settled or well, at like the Disney dorm where Dana used to live, like the fancy oh, character the Disney dorm. dorm. The Disney dorm, I remember that. Uh, oh, yeah. No, they were nice enough to give us like a like a traveling uh, fee and a, and, a, and a per diem and stuff, and that was that was great. And I, I, uh, I put it towards you know, um, oh. but yeah, no, we didn't get to stay at the. Chris, do you look back now and you're like, man, I should have been like, I want the gr- you want me to come do crush, yeah, 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 okay, I want the Grand Floridian, I want car service, the, I want like the presidential suite at the Grand Floridian, yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> a overwater bungalow. That'd be great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 See. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking? I should have done. I, yeah, should have done that. <laughs> so, how much time did you have in Florida before the show opened to like practice? We had a couple of weeks, and oh wow! And at the same time, because they wanted the opening of it to coincide with something else, and I forgot. So we were like kind of on a deadline. I remember I went in and did uh, a test show for the shareholders. And that was unnerving for me. Um, this was oh, I bet it was at one of the hotels in the um, Fantasia Ballroom, and I don't and I forgot what hotel it was. Anyway, it was the yearly manager meeting. You know that big Disney manager, the, the yearly thing where they show off. Yeah, it's a big spectacle on stage where they show off like what's coming this year. And so they had like they had like kids backstage that would come out and they they would model the new clothing line that would come in there and it was like this big show and then in the audience they're all there i mean eisner was there um bob was there um everybody the 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 television heads the movie um people were there and they wanted You're giving me, me anxiety right now just thinking of this. I didn't know about it until last minute. Like, yeah, we'd like you to go do this thing, and we want you to improv with Michael Eisner, um, all of the heads of this and that. Just point them out in the audience, do a little quick little thing. I was like, oh, okay, you got <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, we were testing that, and and it was in its early stages at that point. Um, but they loved it, wow. you know. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, cool. And so can you, are are you willing to give us a couple of crush lines? Can we hear your, oh, your dude, crush? Oh, dude, totally. I totally, I can't re- really remember like what I used to say, but I do remember that I'm 150 years old, dude. Chaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love it. So, yeah. okay. So they open... Was there like, you know, Disney usually likes to have a little fanfare when they open an attraction. So was there yeah. like a big fanfare party? Yes. Like what what was the big opening? Because this was part of their like kind of redo of the seas, of living with the seas too, right? Yeah, there was a fantastic party. And um, it also coincided, the party that we did it, it coincided with something else and I can't remember what, but it was, it was fancy. Oh, it was nice. And we had all these And it. It was also weird too, cause it was in the evening and we didn't have a lot of shows normally at that time. And so you had all these guests coming in that were dressed up and glasses of champagne coming in to watch the, the, the crush show, which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like you had a little more Liberty with them? Like in your improving with them since they were, that's it with champagne and dressed up. And it was, it was yes. You know, it was a little still in that Disney, you know, in that area, but a little more loose because we didn't, we didn't have any kids come in and they're just laughing and having a good time. It reminded me <laughs> of my, my dinner theater days when the dinner theater folks are just like drinking away and ah, laughing at everything <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, this reminds me because the first time I saw Crush, Turtle Talk with Crush, was yeah. when I probably had a glass of champagne in my hand a few years later from when you guys opened it. We were down there for like a press event for the Year of a Million Dreams, and they were opening the Finding oh. Nemo ride. Oh, okay. And they threw this party in the seas for it. And I just remember Cirque du Soleil-style dancers like hanging from the ceiling um, <laughs> because why not? Yeah. And then... Like, we all took drinks in to go see Turtle Talk, and it was hilarious. Like, pretty much how you describe it with adults only with drinks in their hands, watching, interacting with Crush. Yeah. And then we come out, and the food came out, and they served sushi. (laughs) (laughs) The main food in the seas at the Finding Nemo opening, and they served sushi, and it was like, and they were serving, I remember they were serving, like, salmon sashimi, and it was like, you were like, this looks like I'm eating Nemo right now. <laughs> this is not okay. Oh, yeah. Who anyway. planned that? You had one job, right? 
my job. Maybe not serve raw fish at the Finding the Nemo uh, yeah. ride opening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, of course. Yeah, of course. Either they didn't think it all, at all or somebody was like, this is exactly what we're going to serve this time. This I, I think it's 100% what Dana's saying. Like, because <laughs> now it's been, you know, I don't know how many years, nearly 20 years later. And I'm yeah. like still talking about it so (laughs) it had an impact it was a very maybe i should go to therapy i don't know yeah no Um, (laughs) so so how long did you do this at epcot i did it for a year at epcot and then uh they were opening it in anaheim so i i came back to california and uh, did my stint in florida and then i came back to california and then uh helped them open it there and uh, train some of the new dudes, and then uh, and then I moved on. But um, and then California, and then in California, it's a little different. It's a different type theater. It's a little bigger than than the Epcot size theater. Um, so they had to, you know, do some adjusting there and there. So we same kind of thing. We workshopped it for a couple it might have been a little longer than a couple weeks actually getting the new guys in setting up everything in this this theater had been used for something else before and i think it was showing an old um it was a like a black and white documentary about disney and it was was very cool you could go go in and sit and just watch this 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 movie but uh they rehabbed it into the crush show so well that's so it's in that building that's kind of I I know Dana loves this building. My husband absolutely loves the building. It's the animation yes. building, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The animation academy. Yeah. The animation academy favorite place. Go sit in there, especially on a hot day. Go watch all the movies. Oh yeah, it's great. Have a beer. Hot tip. They let you bring beer into the crush show too, because we did that before the pandemic. They let you take your drinks oh, into the crush show. Oh wow, as well. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful like, building. Just that it, you can sit there and stare at those monitors. The way they've produced that with the animations mm-hmm. that come across and the music and the lighting changes in there. Like, come on. It's, 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 I don't think a lot of people always venture over there when they go to DCA, but they don't because you it, get a, a great, great spot. Yeah, they don't because you get a reaction from people coming in. They're like, oh, I've been coming here for years and I've never seen this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. You should, you know. But uh, yeah, they come in to escape the rain or like you said, a really hot day. And then they just get entranced. They're like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. There's so much. It's endless. They've got the um, Beauty and the Beast library and you can do some fun games over there. They've got the drawing, like learn how to draw a Disney character with a real animator, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, they got a lot going on there. That's very cool. Um, Curious, Chris, when you came out to California, was your responsibility kind of to train the new recruits, the new crushes? Yeah, I I mean, I wasn't solely doing that. I was helping out. It was uh, Disney character voices were there and then our Imagineering team that was in Florida. They had come out and um, and they were doing it too. But um, I was there to help out since I had, had had some experience in Florida. It was a little bit bigger venture. They were uh, seemed to be casting more more of a, a bigger cast for that. Uh, so the training did go a, a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, yeah. And while we're doing that, we're off to the side, you know, training the dudes. Then they're they're working on the theater and getting the tech up and going. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a yeah big team effort. Was it nice to be back in California? It was. It's very different. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> it's very. Uh, but yeah, I liked Florida, too. But. Man, Florida was just for me always just living in California, going out there for the first time. I was just blown away by the bugs and the creepy crawlies that would just slither out, especially when it rained. Oh, Florida. Literally everything yeah. will kill you in Florida. Yeah. I, like, have you, you've seen the you've seen the video of the like the alligator on Splash Mountain, right? Yes. Please tell me you've seen this, where the cast members are literally like batting the alligator away while people yes. are like, wee! It's <laughs> yes. like off to the side of this cast member wrangling an alligator out of the attraction. <laughs> what? Like, no. I Literally everything you kills Yeah. Me. I remember my first day in, when I moved into my, my apartment in Florida, I'm walking up to the office to pay rent and this black snake came up off nope. out of the out of the plants. 
onto the sidewalk yeah. and then went right up to the door of, nope. the, of the office and was blocking me. And so I couldn't get in the office and I tapped on the window and, and the gal inside smiled and she looked down. She was like, oh, yeah. She came out. She's like, oh, it's just Blackie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's here every day. We can't do anything about it because he's protected. So come on in. You know, it was totally normal. And um, if I see a snake, <laughs> literally my heart stops momentarily and I can't move. Like I have the world's big, like think Indiana Jones level fear of snakes. That's, that's yeah. where I'm at. Like I no, no. Well, she like was, how I feel, how I feel about snakes is how Dana feels about turkey legs. Like we're, it's on the same level. <laughs> it's a hard pass for me, but you're not being required or requested to eat a snake. <laughs> you just keep wanting me to eat a turkey leg, and it's a, it's oh, a, it's an absolute no. Come on, no, no Chris, turkey leg. Chris, are you pro turkey leg? I just, I would. That was the first time I saw them. Was <laughs> was was at Epcot? People walking by, like, oh my god, that's a whole turkey leg that that guy's eating. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I'd never seen that before. Oh my god! And while it is a great spectacle, it is not a thing I need in my body. Nor do I think probably anybody needs in their body. But you know, Adam is hell bent on getting me to eat a turkey. It is going to happen. It will. Hmm. It will. Happen I mean, they look like they they look like they've literally just come off. They're not even there's they don't even look cooked at this point. They look they're just they're no, dark. They, these and, things never were on <laughs> real animals. Like they are lab produced <laughs> genetic like think like Jurassic Park where they make the dinosaurs. That's yeah. basically what they there do with these turkey legs. Yeah. Genetically yeah. enhanced it sounds fake about right. birds that were never on real animals. Yeah. And it was it yeah. was things like that in Florida that <laughs> I loved. And then of course that stuff made its way to Anaheim and it eventually you know, we got turkey legs, too, in California. But um, <laughs> so many more offerings in Florida at the time with food and and things. Anaheim didn't have the same in the parks. Park food was pretty basic. It was burgers and fries and hot dogs. And, and I went to Florida. I'm like, is that a tuna wrap at the restaurant? <laughs> what? And there's a fruit bowl. There's a fruit cup. What the heck is happening? <laughs> You guys are fancy. Yeah, like you got real fancy real quick. <laughs> well, I mean, when you were at Epcot too, which had the like yeah. just the plethora of, you know, the world showcase and like oh, being able to go around the world and like Yeah. Uh, did you spend I think we've asked other cast mem- former cast members this too. Like, did you yeah. spend a lot of your off time at the parks? I loved Epcot because it was just so relaxing. And so, and especially in the evening, you know, when the sun goes down. It was a great way to if you had a, you know, busy day as a performer, just like walk the world, just walk around the, the you know, the around the, the water and it's beautiful. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. I know we would do the same thing when we work there and Epcot is still my favorite, yeah. but I would even work in just like you, I'd work in Epcot and then the I would go backstage change because I was, you know, in a in a costume out there. And then I would um, come back out into the parks and go ride a couple rides and get dinner in France. And it was just yeah. so lovely. Yeah. And I would talk about, I don't know if you had this experience, Chris, but I, I called it, and this is dating me, the Hannah Montana effect, where <laughs> I would be out on stage earlier in the day um, portraying, you know, friends with Alice in Wonderland or somebody like that. And then I would see a family six hours later at dinner and I'm dressed as me now. And I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, I met you guys six hours ago. I took a lot of photos with you, oh, but you don't wow. know me from the next person, which is kind of yeah. bizarre. That's got to be. Yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> did you yeah. Did you ever get recognized? Outside of the costume? No. That's a, yeah, I don't think that's so. That's awesome. I mean, we yeah. wouldn't either, obviously, because yeah. we weren't seen. Um. Now, yeah, you had the better you had the better gig for sure. It was just backstage. your voice. Yeah. Now it was different in Anaheim. Anaheim, they would switch us out. Now in Florida at the time, we were just the performer backstage. And then there were other um cast members that would, you know, cycle through and they would do the, you know, they were on the hand mic going around the audience getting questions and stuff. We were just the performer. Uh in Anaheim, they did it where we would swap back and forth. 
So we would do like an hour of shows, which were like three shows, and then you would switch out and you would go into the house and you would mm. um, be on, oh, wow. on in the house as the uh, as the host. Did you um, like that? Um, it was different. It, I mean, I guess it, every once in a while just to kind of uh, step out. And change up your your surroundings, but there were times I did miss Florida, just kind of sticking with doing the performing all day because it is it takes a lot out of you. You know, you are yeah. you're improvising with a crowd of people at a time, and then to go inside and see everyone, it's like it it, it took a lot of you know energy to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. So after you're done with, um, you know, doing Turtle Talk with Crush out here in Anaheim, what's next on your plate? I know you were kind of starting yeah. to lightly dip your toe into the voiceover scene. Yeah. Yeah, it took a while. Uh, this And the, again, this was, you know, this was years ago at the parks. But I stepped, I stepped, stepped away finally and just started um, pursuing voiceover. And I took a few years to train and... And uh, a lot of time with that. And uh, years and years later, um, after a lot of hard work, it, 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 it panned out. And so it's strange. I, I do things for Disney now, but just not for the parks. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. what are, like, talk us through some of it. Like how, so you like, you, you were saying you did Turtle Talk. You got kind of built up the confidence to go out there mm-hmm. in the world like this. Mm-hmm. What? What what was that first experience like when you went into being a full on voice actor? Like, did you were you just like, yeah, let's give it a try, or were you like, <laughs> oh no, I'm going to do this? You have to commit to it. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Um, and you know, years prior, I had done some radio stuff, and I always kind of knew that felt great. It felt comfortable being in the studio, doing local radio commercials, but with the character stuff. And animation, uh, and especially Disney, that takes that is very difficult to get into, um, especially nowadays when they they cast heavily towards celebrities or uh, YouTube stars that don't have any experience acting, <laughs> which is <laughs> so strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a following, so let's cast that person. Um, they can't read a page of of dialogue, but let's cast them because they're popular. Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> those, those of us that are, you know, we study acting and then we get into, it's, it just takes a little longer, a little hard, you know, hard work, but it was worth it. And, um, I took my time. Well, and I have to imagine being crushed and doing all that improv, you know, in, in, uh, improvising yeah. with the audience. That was like probably 101 training for you. Cause yeah. you immediately knew how to just think on your feet as that character. Yeah, absolutely. That was so great. It was so great doing both Stitch and, and Crush for that purpose. Because that, when you're in the room with Disney, when I'm in there now, it comes in handy because they they do like it when you uh, improvise. Um, and uh, I started doing um, voice match work for... Um, uh, so what is that? Background work every once in a while uh, for... Um, uh, celebrities if they either can't be at the gig um um or um choose not to do it so for example for kingdom hearts 3 um i play sully um for john goodman and you know john is an amazing fantastic actor and he it just didn't work into his schedule that he could do kingdom hearts 3 and so i came in and i i played sully for him and uh, it was a huge honor, so, you know. So wait, is John Goodman? Is this how this worked? Like John Goodman was credited as Sully in it, but you're doing the voice, or you? No, get I do get the credit for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna be like, oh man, dark side <laughs> of voice acting. No, no. Uh, that's but cool it's though. Pretty common, you know, it's pretty common. I have a lot of friends, and you know, Chris, you're one of them. That's yeah. a. a very famous voice actor, but because the celebrity might have a super 
tight schedule, they'll usually have the voice actor do the scratch vocals so the animator Mm -hmm. can get started with Mm -hmm. animating and then they'll plug in the celebrity later down the line. Later down the line. Yeah. And and also, too, like I said, if they just can't, for example, I also I cover for Brian Cranston sometimes. And so Brian played the dad of Poe in Kung Fu Panda 3, right? He plays Poe's dad for the movie. Well, DreamWorks wanted to do the animated series, Kung Fu Panda, The Paws of Destiny, and Brian wasn't able to do the the TV series. And so I came in as Brian's uh, vocal stand-in for that part, and and that was awesome. Wasn't that, there was a number of this that happened with uh, Marvel's What If, right? Like, it was a mix of the... Like I guess legacy actors is that what you're gonna call them? I guess yeah, from like yeah, the yeah. the live action, and then you'd be watching it, and you're like, that doesn't sound like Chris Evans, and then you see the credits, and like Captain, you know, he was played, vo- you know, a different yeah. voice actor did Captain Josh. America, right? Yeah, yeah, Josh, yeah, 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 that happened, Josh, you know, Josh, just Josh, Josh Keaton, <laughs> <laughs> good old Joshy, uh, yeah, and my good my good friend Mick. Wingert uh, on that show covers for Robert Downey Jr. So he plays him for Iron Man. And uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that, you know, making sure. And Mick's so amazing at that, you know, intricacy and trying to keep it as close as you can. So, uh, yeah, that happens every once in a while. That's fun. And now you are on this Disney Plus show, Monsters at Work, which is a TV series centered around the Monsters, Inc. characters. Yeah. Um, what's it like to be back working for Disney, but in a totally different lane? It's incredible. It's, this is the, that's for me anyway, the dream job was always to get to that place. And it's, it's everything I, I thought it would be. It's, um, you're, you're treated really, really well because there's such an amazing crew of people. It's a good creative family type environment where everyone is just um, bantering, trying to make the best show possible. It's not just one voice you hear. Yeah, you just, I'm working for Disney. I just don't wear the name tag, you know, anymore. So <laughs> a little different. Oh. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, your stories have been oh, so you. incredible. I'm so impressed with your kind of full circle story with Disney and what an, an, a journey you got to have. Only you, really. You and like one or two other guys to get yeah. to start an attraction and be the first voice of this beloved character. That is a real honor. I was really grateful for that. And it was, a, yeah, it was a huge honor. Yeah. Okay. So before you go, we always end our interviews with nine rapid fire favorite questions on Disney. Ah. Are you willing to try this out? Yeah, sure. You're going to ask me? Uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you. Rapid These fire. Are your First thing. First thing oh that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind. Don't, don't think too hard. Okay. First question. What's your favorite Disneyland ride? Peter Pan. Oh. I respect that. A classic. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite Disney park food? Oh, the churro. Follow-up, Disneyland or Disney World's churro? Uh, I guess Disneyland. I don't remember getting a churro in Disney World. They're not quite the same. You should keep it that way. Yeah. They're they're yeah. not good. Oh, the really? Disneyland churro is far superior. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Just, next time you're in Florida, you just walk away, my friend. Do not attempt to get Go straight to, to the turkey leg cart and get a turkey leg and stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> favorite, favorite Disney resort? Favorite resort on both? On all, on all, out of all of them? All of them. You know, Disneyland, Disney World. Disneyland, I've just always had a Disney, just a regular Disneyland hotel for me. Because uh, there's such a history there. And I have such great memories as a kid. Just how watching it change so many times throughout the decades. When you were a kid, Good did answer. you get to go there when the monorail still went yeah, through the, the hotel? Yeah, the monorail went through. The, and one of my favorite things was there was a lake out in the center around the three buildings, right? There was a lake with bumper boats, but there was an underground video arcade under the lake. And so there was a ramp that you walked down. And this was in the 80s. So like when the video games were at the height, like in 83, there was a lake with bumper boats and then you walked down a ramp under the water and there was a huge room of video games. And it was amazing. How cool is that? I had no idea. I remember there was like a like a pre World of Color like light and water yeah. show. 
over there, but I didn't know that. that, that yeah, was on the, the back side of it. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. that's so cool. I know it does not it does not do it justice today, but it's still super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Favorite season to visit a Disney park? Winter. I don't know why. I, I yeah, I like it when it's cold. I do. I don't want to stand in you know muggy, sweaty. You know, in in line, I like it when it's cold. And I what is wrong with Florida in August? <laughs> <laughs> right? Only everything. <laughs> no, because oh. I like the, I like the hot um, chocolate. I like the hot chocolate that they you know that you can get and all that stuff. All right, favorite Disney movie? Pete's Dragon. Ooh. Oh, okay. Random. We haven't, we haven't gotten that one. I like it. Yeah, that's you know, nineteen was it nineteen seventy seven? That was like the the live action animation hybrid. Uh, it was just such a wacky movie. Um, I I remember seeing it in the movie theater, you know, and uh, yeah, I love that movie. I love that movie too. I just recently learned this fun fact of, of that movie. Did you know that Kanicki from Greece was one of the like weird brothers at the beginning when they're singing that song about basically abusing Pete? Oh my god! Oh, I never oh. really. I can see yep. that now. I did not know that. Yeah, he's got like grease in his hair and stuff. And he, well, uh-huh. uh, but he looks way more like kind of you know living on the land. Uh, but yes, yeah, so go back and watch it. A little it. rough around the edges. <laughs> a little rougher. <laughs> also, that song is so aggressive, all about abusing a minor, which is hilarious. Shelly Winters. Sad that- yeah, exactly. Shelly <laughs> Winters is the crazy mom that's singing about you know abusing a minor. Yeah, that was something. Tell you what. They go into extreme detail about all the different ways they are going to harm this child. Oh, I forgot about that. So. You're right. <laughs> and then you got <laughs> Helen Reddy remember. coming out singing on a on a on a lighthouse thing. I mean, come yeah. on. Mickey Rooney's drunk yeah, in the great. street and it's so good. Oh, yes. It's the best. Now I want to go watch that. Okay, favorite <laughs> Disney song. Um it's funny because if we're just talking about Peace Dragon, so now I'm thinking Candle on the Water. Uh favorite Disney song. I always like to, you know, um, that old timey song about Minnie Mouse sticks in my head. Uh, I forgot, I forgot the <laughs> the words for it, but they would play it all the time on Main yes. Street. No, Minnie yes. Mouse, something. It's like an old timey. <laughs> <laughs> it was from like the cartoons in like the 30s. Exactly. Yes. And I don't know why, but that always just, I have that in the back of my brain when I'm like stressing out. Like, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I, I love it. I can't think of the name of it. Though. Um, second to last question. Favorite Disney character. Favorite Disney character. Mm, that, is, that is hard. Um, I always... You know, as far as like the classic characters, I always liked Donald. I don't know why. Good answer. Because he was just, yeah. oh, God, you know, the temper, the tantrum. But then he had the soft side to him. I couldn't understand him half the time. It didn't matter. But I I couldn't understand him, but I understood him at the same time. <laughs> Poor guy always, yeah. always has to play second fiddle to Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, and he never wore pants. I like that about him. He was just, you know, so relaxed. Just, yeah, not wearing pants today. I'm, I'm just uh, yep. got my sailor hat. So, um, last question. This is a this is a doozy. Oh boy. What movie or Disney character needs its own ride or representation in the parks that doesn't have it? Oh wow, that's interesting. Needs its own ride. In the parks. Well, you know, I would have gone with Stitch, but, you know. Yeah. They, they tried. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. It's just sitting there empty. That whole spot <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom is just sitting there empty. They could just flip those switches because you know they haven't torn it down. Stitch is still sitting in that thing in there. Flip those switches and bring it, back Stitch's Great Escape. Is it empty right now? Yeah, there's nothing in there. Oh, they were doing a Stitch oh. meet and I think they do like a Stitch meet and greet there. At okay. least they were for a while. Um, but that's it. Oh wow, that would be amazing. That that would now that would be fantastic. I didn't realize that it was empty right now. <laughs> Dana's like, no. No. Oh come no. on. You know what else? You know what else is empty, Chris, is um the Innoventions building. It's giant, and that is where they have stitch meet and greets. He's like up on the top floor waving to people. Okay. Um, 
but it's just a big old open Florida? empty building. So is that right? In here in California, oh, in California. Disneyland. That's right. Because for yeah. a while they had like a Star Wars experience in there where you could come in, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that it was closed but right now. So. Maybe they're gonna yeah, tear they down that when pro- Galaxy's Edge was open. You know what I bet they do? They're just sitting it there and huh. they're gonna tear it down and put Tron in. Mm. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you yeah, know, but the Tron in Florida is taking 17 years to complete. It's, we're so. gonna be like in retirement homes when it opens. <laughs> we'll all be living in Florida yeah. in retirement homes when they finally open Tron. Down you there. know, I don't know if you guys remember this or ever experienced this, but when they had the People Mover in Anaheim um, a long time ago, they don't have the they don't have it there right now. I don't think, but in the 70s mm-hmm. there was a like. On the on the people mover, you know, it's very slowly go around the track the track up there. There was a room that you went through, and it was like this Tron experience where they would bla- like the <laughs> the side the walls on either side of you were projected like if you're in one of the the Tron cycles, and so you're supposed to feel like you're blowing, you're flying along, but you're you're literally moving two miles an hour on this people mover. But it was <laughs> optical optical illusion. It. They should bring the people mover back to California. Yeah. I have a very sad fact for both of you Uh that it can never come back as it stands because the people mover track was ruined by a ride that opened in the early 2000s called Rocket Rods. And it was Michael Eisner's attempt at making, you probably remember this, Chris. It was his attempt at making a kind of another outdoor roller coaster. Why did they name it Rocket Rods? There's a lot of questionable elements of this story, mm-hmm. one of which is the title, but it was on the people mover track, yes. but it was like f- fast-ish little mini cars going by mm-hmm. and it couldn't accommodate the speed. So the track is completely ruined because of that ride and everybody hated that ride. It lasted, I think, under a year it was the weirdest and they had ride. to can it. Yeah, no, I can, yeah, it I can see that happening. That makes sense. I always, we always wondered, well, what happened to it? It was, it was not great. It it's literally it makes sense that it ruined the track because it it was it seemed like it was going fast like it would really spin the wheels you know the Wait. steam's coming off the wheels and then it would, <laughs> it would just like shoot out slowly <laughs> well yes. you know might like and you, you're not getting out of answering this question yet because we've gone on this tangent but um i will say my dream like goal for disney world i think this is genius and it would sell mm. like bonkers they turn the people mover into a dining experience where they put a table in the middle and you hop on and you ride around for like a three course meal. And it just keeps going around and around and around. And they like, when you get (laughs) out, they like refill your drinks or more food. And the, the, the cars were perfect for it. You put a little table down in the middle. You could have like your people mover dinner above Tomorrowland. Oh Come my on. god. That's not like a genius idea. That I, sounds amazing. You. Thank you. No, no, yeah. No, I would <laughs> <laughs> I would totally oh, do that. Oh, Adam. Hey, this is right up w- Bob Chapek's alley to upsell something. Like, <laughs> he will now charge you to go on the people mover cuz he's going to feed you mediocre food on the people mover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh sounds amazing. Goodness. That sounds amazing. Okay, but Chris, seriously, what uh Disney character uh movie thing that doesn't have an attraction should have an attraction. I think honestly, I think stitch could have had like a cool roller coaster and it could be with the stuff that they have now that they're combining the animation with, you know how they're putting in the animated sequences. Like if you're either on submarine um, and stuff, imagine what they could do now with him kind of hopping around flying through on a rocket, you know um, like maybe an indoor thing like a rock and roller coaster. Is that what it's called? The roller coaster? Yeah. 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 The the Aerosmith one. The Aerosmith one. Like that, but with you know, yeah. Stitch going through these glowing neon planets and, and things. And I think he needs a better attraction that, you know, I mean like a ride, like a ride ride like that. I love I love the show, but I think he, he needs a rocket ride. That would be cool. I agree. Yeah, I, he's, I think there's just not enough Stitch, and I can't believe I'm saying that because when he first came out, he came out hot. Like right? everything was Stitch this, Stitch that. I didn't like him on principle because it was like, oh, what's he doing? He's just suddenly here. <laughs> then I watched the movies. I was like, oh, okay, he's he's really adorable, and I like him a lot. And so I accepted it, but now he's kind of – you just don't 
you see him in merchandise, and that's kind of it. Yeah, right. and they, even they should have yeah. an attraction with him. Even down at Disney Alani, where you think it would be like Stitch oh, City, yeah. yeah, it's all about Moana and not about Lilo and Stitch down there. Oh, really? Which is weird. Like you would think there would be a lot of Lilo and Stitch stuff, but yeah. there's not. It's just it's really heavy on the Moana stuff. Interesting. Have you guys done that? Have you done that experience? Because I haven't. Yes. Yes. Oh. I just went Adam in December. Just went. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I We I, were there for four days and could have stayed for 10 more. Oh, days. my God. Amazing. Yeah. One day. One day I'll go. Well, Chris, thank you again for everything. Yeah. We so appreciate you joining yeah. the podcast and telling your stories. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This is I love this. I love this podcast. It's, it's a lot of fun. You guys are doing a great awesome. job. Oh, well, thanks. We try. Oh, shucks. Oh, geez, pal. I can't do voices, so I'm not even going to try it. Anyway, Chris, awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know, if you do want to go see Turtle Talk with Crush, you should find Dana on the internet and she'll get you there. You can book it with me. Chris, thank you again. And everyone, we will see you in another week. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>